we're pretty excited you're here with us today, especially because, hey, AJ. Yeah. Happy 10th episode. Happy 10th episode, indeed. Um, we are the only podcast weird enough to have 10th episode be about episode 9. That's kind of our bad guys, but we're um, not sorry, obviously. AJ, happy 10th episode together. Thank Ninth you. episode Thank you so much. of Avatar The Last Airbender because we've never done a podcast before and that's never have. just how this turned out. But And we're so grateful that you are coming along and um, enjoying our admittedly sporadic releases. We do appreciate you um, hanging out with us for this. It uh, gives us a lot of a, a great amount of joy. Gives us great joy. So, And this episode is fun. If you were with us last time, we finally made it out of our spirit world quest. And the team is flying with great haste. I think that the weight uh, that Aang realizes he has to master all four elements by the end of the summer in order to defeat the Fire Lord, Ozai, before the comet grants him super human firepowers i think is weighing on his young mind he's gonna beef up he's going to be like he's going to be as powerful as i feel when i walk into one of those carry out pizza places holding the discount card that i purchased from the wrestling team (laughs) that is the amount of power what a bargain will suit what a bargain exactly getting Stuff you don't need at a discounted rate. So this is the water bending scroll. For those of you who are back, thanks for hanging with us. Yes. For those of you who are new, Avatar is my favorite show ever. I've seen it ever. a bunch of times. And AJ is my husband. She and is an Avatar evangelist, folks. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, AJ has not seen it. Not seen most of it. He's seeing every episode, episode by episode for the first time had greatly reduced access to Nickelodeon in general right around the time that Avatar came out. So it was right on the cusp of me having seen it and enjoyed it. And by doing so, rethinking what I thought about animation, because I had pretty much ruled it out. I mean, and for me, it was the first time in my life that I had Dish TV and Nickelodeon, you know, Nail those cable channels. Dish. First time in my life. So I was 11. You were, it would have been then, what, 14? Yeah. So. Yeah, 14. I think I was within the target audience at the time as well. Lucky me. I know. And I would have, I would have really liked this show, but instead it was just like a t-shirt that I saw on other people that I didn't relate to. Um, So we start the episode and we're soaring. We're flying around uh, with great haste, right? Great haste. We got to learn waterbending and Katara's like, got don't worry, Aang. I only know a little, but I'll teach you some. Dad said to learn waterbending. And so they, they're like, oh, look, there's some water. Let's bend it. And then they land their faithful steed onto uh, the coastline of... We, uh, I believe are back within friendly lands in the Earth Nation. So we've left okay. the Fire Nation um, after the visit to the Crescent-shaped island to... Meet with Roku during the winter solstice. Yes. So now yes. I think we're out of enemy territory. We're now back in Earth Nation land. And we're in Earth Nation territory. And that 
that is sort of important to the, um, should I say, geopolitics of this episode, because this episode does seem um, a little bit like it's expounding on a lot of the dynamics of the conflicts uh, between social uh, orders. So geography helps. Thank you for that illuminating illumination. Nothing like a port city to teach you a little something about people. In the video games I play, you have to memorize what these continents and cities are called. And in order to like get to them, you have to like put a little glove with a finger pointing outwards like onto the name of that. Like, would yes, this be, Serathia. Would this be the Trails of Cold Steel? The Trails of Cold Steel. Ah, my latest fascination I am so entranced with this video game series because of the richness of its story and how literary it all seems like it it you're reading so much text on screen it's like you're reading a book basically um anyway uh it's a really good book too and then it and then it's just like hey here's some RPG battles to uh to to twiddle your thumbs with anyway it's cool i would recommend this game if you are into games you heard it here folks you heard it here i think that there is a lot of crossover interest between avatar and trails of gold steel speaking of crossing over let's cross back over to avatar we are slipping on down to the watery wet world oh my god oh my god what okay so normally the the combination of the words wet and world do not send a a typical person into a state of frenetic delirium but they have me (laughs) and this is why okay so i was just saying how i had nickelodeon until i was like 13 right Uh uh-huh okay so on nickelodeon they actually had like a, a local ad for like a local water park and the thinking is are you afraid of the dark comes on if you're watching that and it's summer and it's June and the AC is going to get worked on in a couple of days, then you might as well drag the family out to water slide world. And so Ooh. they knew their target audience You're talking about you. the target audience, right? I grew up not, I grew up an ask, hour and a half North of Kings Island. So ask mom and dad to go. If can we go to water slide world and dude, I'm going to, the ad for this thing it was a local thing like it was just like it wasn't like a big chain it was like one park but the the gosh darn um local ad for this local water park the music on this thing (laughs) is insane also the music in episode nine is also insane also are you are you pulling that up on your phone right now yes i'm pulling it up right now i want you to live react to it okay (laughs) okay wow okay we'll patch in it we'll patch it in with good audio later so this is the the nickelodeon ad that played in new york when you were a young teen i bet it played in the the commercial breaks of some viewers of avatar because wait what what world (laughs) for water slide water slide world because the jingle for this ad is so good that it's like it's like six years older than it should be they just like oh no this this jingle is too good like we can't replace it okay and if you were if you were a nickelodeon viewer in upstate new york you might have heard something like this 
crazy about your wild slides. Wild, you bet. Water slide world, the number one in family fun. Fun, you bet. Oh my god. Listen to that harmony with the horns. That was made for Avatar. Did you hear how fast that guy talked? Exit 21 off the Northway, I-87, one half mile south of Lake George Village. The people who made the ad knew they had no choice. They had to let that song why? rock. Okay, weird theme. Think on it's it. It's so why, good. Why do water park slash amusement park? I grew up within Holiday World Go and King's down, Island range. Down, why do those people sort of sound like auctioneers? <laughs> because they're so... <laughs> Because those people, because <laughs> kids, kids see flashy stuff and are sold. True. But anyway, that's where we're going. That's where we're going. We are the water bending scroll. The water bending scroll, and I just okay. Now that I got to speak my piece about water slide world, what? Why are we trying to learn how to water bend in the first place? Why is that like priority numero uno? That's like a huge deal. The reason. Aang learning water bending really matters is because mm-hmm. Aang is the only avatar that exists. That's not what I meant to say. He is also that, but he is also the only airbender that exists in the world. So he knows airbending. He's a master airbender. Right. But he also has the responsibility to learn all three of the other elements, water, earth, and fire. And it has to be him. It just it, has to it be. It has to be him. He's, yeah. he's the hero here. Yeah. So... It matters that he has to learn water bending right now. It makes the most sense. Um, the only other person who is with him, who is a bender, who could teach him, is a water bender. So it makes sense to practice that first. And he seems to have an aptitude for it. He does, um, and he's kind of being a little show off. She's like, "All right, let's start here." And instead of focusing on like being able to do it and like do it up to like the standard of like proficiency he's just like look i can already do it and i can do it quick like he's like breezing through the tutorial and it's almost like why do you have to flex right well and a they're kids so gotta flex like a little bit but true B, true katara okay she's 12 or 13 yeah she's from the southern water tribe mm-hmm she was the only, like Aang, the only bender in that existed there. So I think that they've always only connected one on swirling that. and twirling. Yeah. yeah, but she is self-disciplined. She is self-taught. And what she has learned as a waterbender has been through her own experimentation and connecting to the water. And so the things that he, she shows him, the first three and then a fourth one later, are a simple push and pull and then streaming the water and then make a great big wave. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, Aang gets all three of those pretty quickly. Wait, so the, those are the first three. Let's right. review, because there was a lot of waterbending technique that I feel like we, the audience, are sort of seeing for the first time, because you do see Katara's power sort of weaponized advantageously, but you don't see it ever like described like, okay, this is this technique, this is this technique, whereas we've had expository scenes about the other elements about the other 
um, the other ways to to bend, to whirl and twirl, to flip and dip, um, you know, elements. But we haven't seen this much exposition about water bending. So, Katara is an excellent model for what I think it means to be a waterbender. So in this case, mm-hmm. the first really water-centraled episode, the waterbending scroll, I think we can look to her splish splash to see how uh, water, though very balanced, and I think Katara is, she's the one who brought Aang down out of his anxiety about the situation and said, hey, I know some waterbending. I can teach you. But water changes state, so... Water changes state. As she teaches him these first three moves, which she says she took took her two months or more to learn some of them. First, push and pull. And he's like, yeah, push and pull. Done it. Like he already read the scroll or something. That's one thing about Katara. You can already tell as she's exhibiting her power, she's doing so with caution. She's doing so not in the middle of a city like somebody we know. Right. She's doing so sort of in a state of humility for the power that she wields, which is sort of like Aang's Achilles heel kind of has been for a little bit. Yeah, he does not know what power he wields. Right. For sure. And Katara is being a good model for that. How to how to live in that state of grace. If only he would take that example. Right, because she's got the push and pull down a little bit more in its inner sense. And then, you know, as she does, yeah. number two is streaming the water. So just sort of like, I, it looks like a little ribbon. Like a little ribbon dance. Whipping and dripping. Whipping and dripping. Yeah, water and bending. plays that little like banjo music and, you know, Aang in his showmanship. He just likes to show off. <laughs> and the music does a really cool thing there too. Music, music heads, stand up. If you like the way music interacts with the pretty pictures you see on the screen. This is a master class here because you have a point counterpoint thing going on in the score. And so somebody is bending like... Katara is bending and then it throws like a really lovely like point like the the a phase of the melody and then like you said the banjos come in they it's like whipped in half and they get equal time and the score carries on like it's like a call and response type thing with the banjo like completely different instrumentation it works to highlight the contrast between their philosophies I think So music heads, sit back down. That was our boring time to stand up. That wasn't boring. There's something under your seat. The music is great. It's a Laffy Taffy. It's been there a while, but I don't think you would get sick if you ate it. (laughs) Is it like melted into the plastic in the car, been there a while, or like sat in the gas station for a while? It's like two yeah. different kinds of peril. <laughs> it's got dust on it, but you can tell it is benign floor dust. <laughs> so you unwrap it and you enjoy it. <laughs> it's like the five cent candy that's sitting in front of a cash register. Yes. At a gas station in a small town. Like nobody really hits that up. 
Everybody around there has seen the same dusty ass candy in there, but you won't die if you eat it. 100%. That's what I think. I think that takes us to number three. <laughs> A big, Paris. powerful wave. Making, the, making waves. A big, powerful wave. And, and this you is made... pre-waterbending scroll. So is the waterbending scroll just like a, a game genie? Like you just plug it in and it gives you the cheat code in order to like absorb all of this stuff about waterbending in a short amount of time. What is it? Let me ask you a question. Yes. In the nine episodes we've now seen, have you seen a lot of books? Not a lot of books. Not a lot of books. It uh, a single is library quite... and I don't think... An entire Barnes and Noble has been seen. Yeah, it is quite a new age commodity to have to have your own scrolls, to have your own yeah. own things in print. So Katara, being the <laughs> only waterbender from the Southern Water Tribe, doesn't know have any formal teaching. So a waterbending scroll with real forms on it is an incredible find. But we'll get there. This is pre-waterbending. We'll scroll. get there. Hop on our wheelbarrow and we'll see. So where where do we? wheel ourselves next finally was number three the big powerful wave the big powerful wave which you observed earlier um okay yeah so they take their turns making this wave and so that ang is trying to he's just trying to do too much you know he's trying to be like ha i get this already and just like in a childlike glee about oh this tutorial is easy right in the meantime, splish splash, there goes your sustenance, your supplies, gone in the river. And you remember how hard you had to finesse for those supplies to get them in the first place? Come on. They made you sandwiches. Those are homemade sandwiches just floating food. on down. Avatar. Look what ha- happened. Gives me anxiety. And they really breeze past that moment, but mm-hmm. like, every, like Sokka... His weight throughout this episode is justified. Like, he knows they ain't got no money, and he can't bend. He's trying to do what's best for his sister and the Avatar. But, like, guys, you don't know what you're doing. You literally just washed our last food down the river. For what? For what? Sokka's, like, so over it already. (laughs) Just a flex. Ah, the peril of youth. And before we arrive mm-hmm. um, in their next situation, we should make a visit to none other than... The pawn shop? Yeah, before we get to the pawn shop. Before we get to the pawn shop. We should check on in on our man, We're checking Iroh. out. Oh, Iroh is my guy. Turn page. Crinkle paper. Iroh playing Paicho. Iroh is into his game of Paicho. And as always, Iroh has wisdom. Iroh has wisdom. Do you remember in this particular situation, what is it that Iroh's missing? Iroh's missing one of his game pieces. So what I know about game pieces is if the game is really cool, like Risk, if you lose one of those pieces, it's like, and you only find out like after the game started, it could be kind of a bummer. So we don't, I don't. This is a Lotus tile. A lotus tile is what he's missing. It sounds like what it is. Mm-hmm. It's a tile with a picture of a flower on it. It's a lotus tile. And it's a Pokemon card. Zuko is appalled. His yeah. ships have changed course without his consent, without without anything. 
And you know who calls the shots around here? You know who's the fire twerp? It's me. Zuko's the man. Zuko. Burnt up. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. He comes in piping hot all the time. He comes in piping hot all the time, but he's our guy. And, um, yeah, that's not like the only aspect of his personality. I'm not trying to be. That's pretty, one of the only ones we're for sure of at episode nine. Zuko's pretty piping hot. He's shifty about a lot of other stuff. So people are going to talk about that guy's behind his back because of his station. He should know this. Give him something to talk about. Other than the fact that you're burnt up. You know, Zuko's feeling the haste too, right? Zuko is feeling the haste. Because he also was at the crescent-shaped island and didn't get the avatar. He was so close he could taste it. He had to jump out a window as the place was destroyed. He'd like, lest he dare he step foot in the Fire Nation, he feels like, you know, the skies are falling on him for... Right. He feels like he has a lot to come back from. A lot to come back from. Because he's not really had a good batting average lately. Batting batting strikeouts, I guess. Right. Um, But that's when we trust Iroh, that quote. Um, So... Give us the quote in context. Pretty please. You're smart. The context, yes. Yeah. Zuko's mad the ships are changing course. Iroh lets us know, hey, I'm missing my lotus tile. There's a trading port back there we're gonna go look for one and Zuko's like we're doing all this for a stupid lotus tile which prompts the lotus tile is not stupid our wise master you like most people underestimate its value one little piece and little audience tidbit thank you writers to let us know that we should not underestimate the power of the lotus tile so back to Aang and gang they arrive at this little port village. Seems like a trading port. Mm-hmm. They have three copper pieces because, as we know, all of their food and stuff has gone away down the river. So they have become really bargain hunters, like extreme bargain hunters. And they think three copper pieces, but then Eng lets us know, actually, he spent one on a, a flying bison whistle. Yeah, and it it seems like he got one of uh, the defective ones, one of the runts, because it doesn't work. Which I remember watching this episode when I was 11, and I was like, don't doubt him yet. That could be like a dog whistle, because I had a dog I knew. You know, it could be a pitch that <laughs> only Appa can hear. It's yeah. shaped like a flying bison, so anyway. It looks like it was in the pages of... Um, of that, what was that gag? Oh, good. Mail away thing. Our cat um, is the best cat? fetcher in the land. It is. Our cat plays fetch, and it's always good for. It's one of the activities that she engages in where she's the most vocal, where she actually like meows, because she's usually like too cool for that. But if you're holding the little crumpled up ball of uh, white paper. She wants you to throw it. She will meow and meow and meow. She's delighted. It's like a glimpse <laughs> into her soul. <laughs> Sorry for that brief interjection. Um, Zank is always good for an interjection. So I was with Aang. I thought that was quite a deal for a whistle that I was pretty sure would probably work. I thought he was shrewd in that bargain. purchase. 
Oh, Zink, we'll be done here in, in like 25 minutes, honey. Okay. <laughs> I think she's been satiated by that. Fingers crossed. <laughs> okay, as you were saying. Uh, which then brings these three kids pretty low on their money when they arrive at a fantastic-looking wooden ship. <laughs> Hi, Zink. Zink wants to be on the cast. Okay, I think she's calmed down now. Me too. Cute. Okay, so where were we? We were um, we were headed basically to the underbelly of society, right? The black market? Otherwise known as? A.K.A.? A pirate ship. Ahoy. Ahoy. Me mateys, we hop upon the pirate ship. And what, pray tell, happenstands to our fair traders? Well... Inside are some curios. What are curios? Um, any manner of things, I think, starting with the ruby-eyed monkey that's definitely cursed. I love that monkey. The monkey statue. Why yeah. Why does that image stick out in your brain? Because um, it's super ominous. Like, it's that weird. You're as if you're looking from one of the characters' perspective. A real up close at it. It's a mood setter for... The entry into the shop, I think it's one of the first things they see. And and it's something that you see in this show and you feel like it sees you, right? It's like, ooh, creepy. You've been cursed, child. That's what it is, right? That's, That's how I basically felt. what you're saying, yeah. Cursed. That scene is awesome. And the scroll pops up, and they're like, what's this? How curious. Yeah, Katara can't believe what she's laid her hands on. She pulls it out, unscrolls it, sees some of the illustrations, and is Mm -hmm. like, oh, my God. This is tailor-made to us. This is the Wish-targeted ad that we didn't know we wanted the product. This is everything. It's like... That point in the video game, like, literally when you open the first scroll. And everything is laid out before you. So cool. Of course, it's Katara who finds it. And she is mindful of her place and where she is. That's saying the same thing. But basically, she's a young woman in a shop. And even though she encounters Mm -hmm. the scroll and immediately discovers that it has been stolen by, she doesn't know what means, possibly Violet means, from her cousins up north, she uh, understandably has a problem with that. But she keeps her cool. Right. And in doing so, they they give like a tell in the negotiation process. They like let it slip that owning this scroll is tantamount, paramount, and object amount um, to the mission. It's a hundred gold pieces at the starting price. It's a lot of galleons. And as a result of this really do or die approach to being in this store and seeing this scroll, we see sort of an irksome negotiation take place. Aang, you can't have everything. Not at that price. But hasn't Aang been showy this entire episode and now... Katara's just going to lean back and let him show off a little. That does not mean that Aang can go all pawn stars on the literal pirate. <laughs> Actual 
like, you know, sword. Like sharpened sword. Well-maintained sword. He says that later that he's like, man, I kind of looked up to pirates, but those guys were the worst. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, pirates are, um, well, they're self-interested. I think that's both their gift and their curse. If I know one thing about pirates. <laughs> <laughs> what might it be, matey? Well, I'd say that they're a merry lot. Low-key friends. AJ can't do a British accent. I can't do any accents. I can do, like, an attitude. I can, like, vary my attitude, but my voice doesn't change much. <laughs> accents, no. Accents, no. Impressions, Nine. pretty good. So, when I was a boy as well, this show is bringing up memories. When I was a wee little lad... <laughs> Just a romping around in my day and age. I was a wee little one. And <laughs> when I was a young wee lad. Pumbaa. Yeah. Timon. That was it. That was it. Or something close. I think, I think I'm it was Pumbaa. a little off key. If either of us is Pumbaa, I'm, I think it's pretty clear I'm Pumbaa. I'm clearly a Timon. Have you seen me? You are. You're bookish. <laughs> Popping my head up. Exactly. Racing around. <laughs> Literally racing around. Your mind around. can't keep up with your <laughs> craning. Cynical as heck anyway. <laughs> yep. I see it. I'd imagine that you'd have to be pretty shrewd to be a hazardous haggler. A, 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 one who haggles hazardously. <laughs> okay. Can I tell a story? So some, I have a tendency to sometimes... Um, haggle hazardously the story I'll start with is um, when I was like eight there were these little toys called crazy bones that were really popular they were the size like of a toy that you would get out of like a 50 cent machine whatever that would be in a little capsule crazy bones crazy bones yeah and but they came in into like the Walmart whatever so they were there they were like in the center of the aisle and whenever they were like newly stocked they would just you know dump them by crane uh from the ceiling of the of the walmart warehouse and <laughs> just let them let all the packages just rain on the kids that last part is made up but uh these things were a big deal and there was a big bin it was a big deal get your crazy bones whatever so a lot of these packages um they were thin they were thin plastic packages and they would hold like three or four and you would have to pay like 250 for them whatever but um, they weren't individually like priced. So as soon as those packages opened, which they did, those things were trash, right? Right. That was trash. And so I didn't feel bad for taking my big old arm underneath this big old bin that was in the middle of the aisle, you know, the big gated one. You scraped one. for crazy I bones? Scraped. <gasps> I scraped and they went straight as just the loose ones, though. It's not like I was sitting here stuffing my pockets. No, with stuff, the but, ones you can't But it use. was trash. I mean, and I thought, <laughs> who better to pick up the trash than I? Oh, steward of the universe. Um, but yeah, so um, that's... That's me haggling hazardously because I'd walk out of there with my pockets full of crazy bones. And and that explanation, if somebody were to catch me, the explanation would be like, listen, it doesn't have a UBC anymore. Like, no, that would not hack it. That's a great <laughs> example of high risk trading. That's high risk trading right there. Ooh, 
I like that. Okay. <laughs> Literally <laughs> digging it's for crazy bones. thematically <laughs> irrelevant. <laughs> We're bringing it all back here. On Bring the it all one. back to... <laughs> 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 just as serious dealings as a sacred water bending oh scroll on the line how could we even mention them in the same breath well we could and we did inward and onward yes uh katara <laughs> we suspect she's acting a little shifty let's she get is. out of here they get out of there and are quickly pursued by a bunch of pirates with like pirate swords and and weapons chased whoa chased they are being very quickly pursued and with some very high stakes and and a chase scene ensues team avatar at this point is getting pretty good at getting away from enemies so they take off through the alleyways who should we encounter but our dear friend the cabbage patch man the cabbage patch man can i tell you I wrote a haiku. I was watching this episode just now and I wrote a haiku for the Cabbage Man. Once I realized the vital, crucial role he played, just the terrifically bad luck that he had, and that that I would come to know the Cabbage Man throughout this series just brings me so much joy. And I wrote a haiku in order to express my profound joy. May I read it on our podcast, please? If everyone would please, a moment of silence. What we really suggest uh, is lighting a candle for the Cabbage Man. If you have a cabbage-scented candle, uh, that's obviously going to work best with our theme. So, <laughs> without any further ado, my haiku about Cabbage Man. This is called Cabbage Four. It's the fourth in this year. Once there was a man. His middle name, Misfortune. Cabbages. Into. Thank you. Again, that's a fourth in the series. Uh, and if you want to hear the rest of my cabbage poems, you're going to have to go over to my Patreon. <laughs> we don't have one of those. My cabbages. My cabbages. You're going to get all your cabbage related content. Anyway, so yeah, that was my haiku. Um, I think you should say something. I feel really emotionally exposed right now. Um, first, thank you for that lovely poem. You're welcome. Cabbage, Came cab- from cabbage Patch Man is worth it. He's, he's really, I'm not sure what he is, but he's just a joy. I dug that haiku from the cabbage sprouts of my soul. <laughs> I don't know how to transition from that, but as as is the way of haikus, they're supposed to do that to you. I had a question in my notes. Yes. <laughs> Katara steals a stolen treasure. Uh-huh. Let's consider the morality of that. Is she entitled to do that? What do you think? I think if it's stolen once, it's stolen forever. Live and let live. Steal that thing. What do you think? I think... She was a 12-year-old who has been playing it cool to this point, but Sticky is also fingers. faced with the fact that her friend has to master four elements by the end of the summer. So I think she saw that waterbending scroll and was like, I need that. <laughs> and she just straight up took it. It's like she's having a little sympathy anxiety with Aang. 
Yes, it comes out in strange ways, as is the nature of water. Its state changes. And I think, like I was saying at the beginning about how Katara is kind of the model we can see through the waterbending scroll, I think the means through which she acquired it is also worth noting there. It was impulsive. Right. It was a little yank. Okay, so now that I was so open and so honest and telling you about one of my my retail follies, my hazardous hagglings, Kaylee, you should share one about you. I am dying to know. Have you ever been a hazardous haggler? Now that the topic's resurfaced. <laughs> I feel like... If the- I'm being honest, um, <laughs> until very recently, I'm not really a hazardous haggler kind of person, but I do like to keep keepsakes and, you know, little tokens and things I pick up, rocks and... and Little pieces of wood and <laughs> and things, you know. You pick up and keep things. Yeah, yeah. I pick up and keep things. Uh, like I have always been a rock collection kind of person. So is there a big secondhand value uh, on? Uh, there's absolutely the, no the value. Buyer's market for rocks. That's my rule: is there's yeah. absolutely no market value <laughs> for the things that I take um, and have taken from places like national parks and where you're specifically not supposed to pick up things and take them with you but sometimes i do okay i will since you're kind of dodging the issue with your response i feel i'm gonna i'm going to dish about one time that you were a hazardous haggler oh really one yeah one time we were at a bar this place is called the do come in um oh my god you your face just fell when you realized I know what you did. You caught me. You caught I me know false. What you did. <laughs> I took the Dukem dust. You stole the Dukem dust. You're right. Kaylee. <laughs> you stole okay. the Dukem dust. It's the same. It's the steak and shake seasoning salt. Okay, it's the same thing. It's Dukem dust. I, you're right. I know. It's the same thing they sell everywhere. And so, like, there's literally. I'll bet there's like one company who's just like we make the the you know the sprinkle stuff. How much would you guys pay us if we put your label on it? It's, hey, it's excellent. It's the same everywhere. It's Laurie's. It's terrific. It is Laurie's, basically, and it was excellent seasoned salt, and I couldn't purchase it on the shelves at Hy-Vee, so <laughs> I did and steal it. neither man nor earth can judge you, but God <laughs> certainly will judge you. <laughs> Praise Jay. Um, <laughs> so, you guys, uh, question of the night. What it, what was worth stealing one time to you? <laughs> <laughs> and under which circumstances was it worth stealing? Okay, so now that we've cleared the air, now that clearly we've ours a- are not as paramount as a water bending scroll. <laughs> Stupid fancy splashes. Before splish, we get to Sploosh. step four of Katara's water bending moves. Step four in the four step plan to becoming a water bender extraordinaire. Team Avatar, transition out. Iroh and Zuko enter the pirate trade. Just a little light larceny. Because in search of a lotus tile, Iroh says, 
The only thing better than finding something you were looking for is finding something you weren't for a great bargain. Is he cruising the merch tents for a lo- for just a lotus tile? Yes. I just realized that and it makes me like Iroh even more. He's a man after my own heart because he loves a bargain. Dragon of the West, he loves to shop. <laughs> Why did that just sound like a Katy Perry lyric? Dragon of the West, he loves to shop. <laughs> I don't know. Drop a line. <laughs> <laughs> Katy Perry, if you're listening. Okay. I mean, there's nothing more euphoric than getting a good bargain. And I'm just glad that Iroh knows that. How does Momo fly into the whole sitch? Are so, we there? Yeah, I think the Momo moment. <laughs> the Momo, Momo, Momo. The first Momo it's moment like of the episode. Na, 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 na. You don't know when to stop. Na, 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 na. <laughs> uh, Katara gets a little frustrated. We've seen Aang have some high aptitude, some innate skill when it comes to waterbending. So now we have the waterbending scroll. Katara has stolen it. Mm -hmm. Yes, for the good of the cause, but also she wants to learn it first and she wants to do it better. Mm -hmm. And that's where she's at right now. So she gets a little frustrated, which results in the um, failure of number four, the water whip, where she should, as Aang instructs her, whoa, stepping out of your place real quick, buddy. Be nice to your friend. uh, To just shift her weight through the motions, but she can't do that. And she ends up whipping poor little Momo and screaming. She has to be one with the tides. She has to be one with the tides. And she's feeling a little angst. Right. And Aang was obviously immediately good at it. So believe it or not, his infinite wisdom gets a little bit old sometimes. And she's just feeling a little salty because that's supposed to be her thing. Yeah. It's like her thing. It's like her thing. And she's like a kid, so you can forgive them for being a little dramatic about it. True, true. You can. It's just, you know, one of those hazards you deal with. Say, if you're a hazard haggler. That's high-risk trading. That's high-risk trading. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, what if instead of pirates, they were actually called, like, by society, by others, they were called high-risk traders? Like, if they were like, we prefer to be high-risk traders. And then everybody's like, yeah, that's fine. So they just said that. And then, like, piracy just, like, becomes normalized. It's just like a regular job. That feels very Star Wars. I know, right? Like, there's that's something... Like, like, that's what Han Solo mm, is a high-risk trader, right? Exactly. There's a lot of interest in those kinds of characters. Yeah. I think we could bring a show. I think we could pitch a show all the way upstairs. You know where I'm talking. All the way to the top of the entire American media ecosystem. Where's that? The History Channel. Oh, totally right. These seas are open. Out here... The winds guide our course. Say what you will about high-risk traders. Everybody wants to get home from work in one piece. We are Hazard Hagglers. Hazard Hagglers. I'm not the best pirate I can do. I owe you a bushel of apples for that. Okay. So it's like an IOU at this point? Whenever I can get my hands on some apples. On some produce, yeah. Yeah. Good produce is hard to come by. Gotta visit the orchard. Well, enough of this necklace garbage. 
<laughs> so let's go back. back Katara's like, okay, I got some anger problems. I'm going to put this scroll away. But then the nighttime comes and she steals the scroll again, goes back to the water's edge and starts trying to learn the water whip. She does. And she's whipping. She's whipping and dripping. Whip it good. I did that earlier too. Can't help myself. Yeah. Talking about whipping, water whipping, wet whipping. But it's there's a slide world. There's a water banished prince. World. This should be a prog song. There's a banished prince and pirates on the water. <laughs> there's a banished prince on the water. The wind is whipping his wafers. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the lotus tile? Where's the lotus tile? The tile of dreams. <laughs> the tile of fantasies. I think there's something there. It's on the seven seas. It's on the seven seas. <laughs> if you please. <laughs> if you please. <laughs> Katara gets caught. Katara gets caught. And Zuko, Banished Prince, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. The flame. AKA La Flame. La Flame. La Flame. He's piping hot. Check out his mixtape. Comes in with the necklace. He like ties her to a tree, but he's right. He's like, I'll save you from the pirates. But straight up, like, because our judgment of Zuko is still future thinking, mm-hmm. he did actually save her from the pirates, just like doing whatever. He's like, nope, I'm the prince. I'm in control of the situation. She knows that he's not just going to like murder her outright <laughs> it was a group effort though yeah it was kind of a group effort there but then he's like perhaps in exchange for the avatar because he has to have ang because that's the only way for him to get his honor back in the fire nation all that stuff we know perhaps in exchange for ang i can restore something you've lost and he holds up her mother's necklace which she's been missing yeah and not everybody's thrilled about the necklace being put forth well, no, but Katara's like, okay, no. Right. <laughs> like, so, I'll take it. Um, and then how does that how does that situation resolve itself? You remember the little dip back into high-risk trading? So then as Zuko establishes hazard himself. Hazard hagglers. Hazard Yeah, hazardous <laughs> Um, Zuko holds up the scroll and, like, has his little hand flame and is like, how much is this scroll worth? And the pirates are like, oh. Right. Best be careful there, young young one. There's an old uh, pirate motto that I live by is anything's only as valuable as the value somebody sees in it. Which I think is one of those proverbs that A, didn't come from Iroh's mouth and B, just doesn't make sense. You know, it's just it's just two different ways of saying the same thing. Like, it's like, oh, cool. That one hasn't been refined yet. No, I'm still whittling down my proverbs <laughs> anyway. Read the old man, uh, the old man's journals from Pawn Stars one day. We could leave th- through those, but that might diminish their street value. Who knows, really? Um, I can see some fingerprints on that. What is the proverb? As um, <laughs> there a battle ensues. The boys, yeah. Aang and Sokka, are kidnapped. And then the pirates, Team Avatar, and Zuko in tow, and the shipmen in tow um, all mm-hmm. 
commence battle. Yes. It goes wild. Can you believe we're still talking about the same episode? Yeah, I'm and trying to wrap up. There's been like so many like action scenes, so many like intense action scenes and so much plot to dissect. We might have to change our format. I don't know. Um so then Momo has the bag. Iroh and Momo comes in and saves the day. I just wanted to give props to Momo because Momo came through clutch. And you know what? Everyone came through clutch throughout this entire episode. This scene, a lot goes on, but the big takeaway is that I think we're getting a good example of the first time Team Avatar works together well. For sure. Because in a lot of other episodes, a lot of the tension was generated by the fact that a flaw in one of the adventurers was holding everyone back. And that person gets through that personal setback with the help of their friends. Now, with this episode, it's like everyone is pulling their weight. Everyone is like coming through. Even Momo, even the lion bison, everyone is coming through. And it's like a, it's like a synchronized swim. Everyone's holding each other up in this one. I thought it was pretty cool. Would you like me to go through the last few moments of the episode? Go through the last three few Momo moments for us. Momo moments. So the battle ensues. And you're right. The teamwork happens. Sokka yeah. has deduced what I thought. and thought their way out of the situation. Mm-hmm. Sokka, King Hagler, convinces the pirates that Aang, Aang, the Avatar, is worth way more than their waterbending bending scroll, mm-hmm. giving them a moment of distraction to create chaos, and then they escape. So... Katara and Aang work together to move the water and get the pirate ship back onto the river. And they hop aboard and start setting down. The smoke grenade scene was cool. The smoke grenade scene was cool. The gag where he, he um, dispels all the smoke and then he like brings it back. That was tight. So everybody's just basically departing. Like It's a good thing nobody got hurt. And then they leave on their boats. Yeah. So Aang and Katara, to escape, both achieve the water whip. Katara used water whip. And it's then super effective. They uh, push and pull the water to get the ship back. You ever tried to row with somebody who was not on the rhythm? That would be the case if you ever yes. had to row with me. Do you remember that? Bad. You remember that time that I do remember. I was that like, time. let's go hang out with my dad. And he was they had like some intense plans <laughs> and I had an intense ignorance of the skills related to those plans. So I didn't know and I was totally down for it. But AJ mm-hmm. and I had not been dating that long. I was not like, let's hang long. out with my dad. And that ended up as let's kayak seven miles down the Blue River <laughs> alone in a kayak. So if right. So I think what was going on in your dad's mind was if I was if anything about me was untoward, that would be an excruciating uh recreation. Yes. Right? But I had a blast. It was so fun. Yeah. <laughs> 
he was he was trying to gauge me in that early because that was a situation like literally if i'm like oh i, I gotta peace out what am i gonna do i'm in the i'm in the boat you know what i mean i mean like had you been like no i don't want a kayak we probably wouldn't have but no, you definitely was to... like are you a dude who kayaks <laughs> and i think i showed him a very vigorous no i am not but I'm willing to. Yeah. yeah, but that was unexpected. But yeah, that was fun. as, yeah, that is kind of how everyone's feeling. Oh, everything was unexpected and not going water to plan. Weapon. But suddenly, like water, we're coming to sink. Water weapon. We're going with the stream. Okay. And we then were... we're approaching a waterfall. <laughs> and then we're approaching a waterfall. And that's bad news. Pretty bad news. So then they're like oh why don't we keep this why don't we keep this this pushing the what is it when they're pushing the water it's they like, push and pull the water so they yeah. make like those little as they're like it's saving the first themselves. two skills in tandem right yeah so as they're saving themselves uh, from that we get the last proverb right from iroh iroh's always just dispensing wisdom from the shorelines of life. Okay, what does he say? Are you so busy fighting you cannot see your own ship has set sail? That's he's a, like, that's a wink. Because we have no time for your proverbs, uncle, as he's like fighting with the pirate captain. And he's like, no, I am always this eloquent. Also, your ship. <laughs> Go! Go. But. You know, they can't save it forever, so I guess the ship does go over eventually when it gets hit by the other one. Team yeah. Avatar is good because Aang had the flying bison whistle. Everybody hustled. I mean, Katara, Sokka, Bison, Momo, Aang, everybody, everybody tossed the baton really well in this episode. I can't wait for episode 10. It kind of felt like Persona 5 like that. Gosh, don't get me started on Persona 5. Sorry. We might have to make a whole other podcast. Ooh. But in the likely scenario that we don't do that and that the next podcast that we produce is an Avatar podcast, <laughs> you will see us again when we talk about episode 10, won't ya? Till then, we'll be like our friend Zuko tossing the lotus tile down the river for a while. Um, had a blast. Um, I guess Avatar's all right. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's fine. Let's do it again. It's fine. I'm just like writing haikus back and stuff. Whoa. All right. Um, I'm gonna haiku soup. Haiku soup. I'm going to make the record thing hit go stop. Um, before Three, I get two, us into any real trouble. One.